This is the World Industrial News for Wednesday, March 23rd, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part two of their podcast, Sustainability and COP26. The emissions that we emit in the U.S., which is where I'm sitting today, you know, they don't stay in the U.S. They go up into the atmosphere and they affect everybody. But they actually don't even affect everybody evenly, right? They affect some some countries and places are more vulnerable to climate change than others. Africa, for example, is a continent which is responsible for the least emissions, but is actually the most vulnerable to some of the consequences like drought. And so bringing parties together at COP26 is an opportunity to to try and give everybody a voice in saying how to move forward on solving this problem, both through mitigating the impact, but also adapting to the reality. It's challenging because you're getting so many global perspectives, but it's also, you know, really important because of the nature of this issue. So I think COP is an important forum from an international perspective, but it's also, you know, at its core, there's only so far of what can be achieved through international diplomacy. So I think maybe there's COP26, there is the official negotiations about what all these countries can agree upon and what policy framework should be set in place. But beyond that, COP26 brings together, you know, all sorts of activists, companies, investors who really discuss what, what can happen, um, outside of policy as well. So it's become a really important incubator almost for bottom-up action as much as it has from top-down action from policymakers. And that's what makes it quite unique and quite important. So I understand that there's skepticism on what can be achieved at a at an international cooperation level. I think that's well-deserved, but Still, we need that aspect to it, but it also goes much beyond the formal discussions that are happening in what's called at COP26, the blue zone, which is where all the international diplomats are meeting. There are other zones where, in fact, all over the city in this case, there were groups coming together, sometimes led by civil society, sometimes led by the private sector to discuss how they can cooperate and work together on climate as well. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. A divided U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission voted 3-1 to one along party lines on March 21st to issue a lengthy draft rule mandating greenhouse gas emissions disclosures for all publicly traded companies. The three Democratic commissioners supporting the rule all issued statements, and the lone Republican commissioner opposing the rule, Commissioner Hester Pierce, issued a stinging, lengthy, and heavily footnoted statement explaining why she felt the new rule was unnecessary. Western powers are looking to see which producers, if any, can fill the supply-side gap that resulted in the near-universal isolation of Russia. Germany is trying its hand at energy diversity by courting the Middle East oil giants, though any move by those producers to jockey for new positions in the evolving geopolitical landscape is fraught with risk. Construction starts in the U.S. industrial manufacturing industry maintained an upward trajectory in February, with project spending up 24% from the same month in 2021, according to Industrial Info's North American Construction Starts Index. 
And Molly saw a drop in gold production from 71.2 tons in 2020 to 69.4 tons in 2021. But the country is again set to achieve 70 tons plus of gold production in the present fiscal cycle. This is what the Ministry of Mines said on March 10th, which specifies that with the six tons of output expected from artisanal mines, the country's total production would rise. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.